Hello and welcome to Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. And I'm Alex Deakin. And a very happy new year to all of you. Just a few days into the new year and we're already talking about heat. It's rare to talk about exceptional warmth across a whole swathe of a continent during the winter. But that's exactly what the weather headlines have been talking about this past few days. Alex, how did it actually start? Because we're talking about some exceptional warmth across many countries in Europe. And it started just before the beginning of New Year. Yeah, incredible warmth. It was in records, smashed all over the place. Really, really remarkable warmth. And as you say, it's over such a huge area. It all started really with an amplified jet stream. And you can almost trace it back to what happened in the United States with that really cold plunge of weather before Christmas. That's kind of pepped up the jet stream. And since then, the jet has been very agitated and an exaggerated jet stream. And it's been piling over warm air. And what we saw for a time was very warm air as part of that drifting up from the Azores and from North Africa, initially across Spain and Portugal, but it kept going uh, across Switzerland, across the Alps and then into more northern parts of Europe as well. And then it kind of stuck around. We had a, a really broad, warm sector and that area just stuck around and high up in the sky. We had a, an area of high pressure, so not not at the surface high pressure, but a, a high pressure cell high up and that acted also to to help to compress the air so it's that combination of stagnant warm air that originated down to the southwest lingered for a number of days and that compression led to these very very high temperatures yeah i mean it was really incredible i mean we saw we talked about on weather snap just before the new year about the leap from the cold snap in december to i think temperatures rose by about 17 degrees or something over 24 hours and temperatures became very much on the mild side and this is certainly what happened across europe as well so let's cast our mind back to just before new year's eve places such as western russia were recording temperatures of minus 15 at night and sub zero by day so very cold air, dense air across this part of the world. And then come the 1st of January, incredibly, seven countries across Europe broke their warmest January on record numbers. And not only that, there were weather station records broken across a huge swathe of the continent. So let me give you some numbers here. Latvia saw 11, Denmark saw 12.6 degrees, Lithuania 14.6 degrees, Belarus, 16.4. You know where this is going. Netherlands, 16.9. Poland, by night, saw 19 degrees Celsius on the 1st into the 2nd of January. That's incredible. And then let's just go to Germany, where in three days, they broke 982 weather station records across the whole of the country. I mean, that's immense. And here, temperatures were around 19 degrees. Hungary saw 19.7. And then we saw some 20s as well. Cyprus saw 24.5 and after a very lively autumn into winter where we saw lots of storminess across Eastern Europe, certainly they saw some real warmth there. The only places really missed out, Alex, was obviously Scandinavia, away from the sort of southeastern portion of uh, Mm -hmm. Sweden. And in fact, Scotland and the northern parts of Northern Ireland really didn't see that warmth either. Yes, the, the warmth was kind of confined. You can imagine that sway coming up from the southwest rather than a southerly hot spell that you get in in the summer that that often then wafts all the way across the UK. This was more of a southwesterly and it it drew it up and just just to the south of most of Scandinavia uh, and only really affected England, Wales and southern Scotland. So, yeah, it was kind of a swathe across that broad sector of Western Europe extending up towards the northeast. And Western Russia 
from those temperatures I just spoke about, then saw temperatures well into the mid-teens, which is incredible. Not great for the permafrost there, not great for the ice, which would be melting as well as the snow. But it wasn't just this part of Eastern Europe where we saw such sort of snow melt also across the mountains, which is just bad news, isn't it? It is for the ski season in particular. We've I've seen images recently of the Alps and hardly any snow anywhere except on the slopes themselves that have obviously been been generated and, and well preserved. Uh, but yeah, a lot of images coming from the Alps of, of green mountains with just a little bit of snow on the tops, which is yeah really unfortunate for the ski season uh, and doesn't look like we're going to see huge amounts in the next couple of weeks either. Yes, on New Year's Eve, temperatures in parts of Switzerland were around 16 degrees above normal, according to Meteo Swiss, their national weather agency. And a ski destination, Delamont, in the Jura Mountains, recorded a daily high of 21 degrees Celsius. You're not going to get any snow and any snow that's already fallen, because it was a reasonably good start to the ski season in early December, wasn't it? Yeah. That's just all going to melt in those kind of temperatures. So, So, yeah, really struggling here. Now, the cold is coming back along the northern and eastern periphery of Europe. Certainly temperatures are taking a dive, but we're looking at another pulse of mild air coming in across more western parts. So obviously it's a watch this space. Um, we really want the cold to come back. We want those distinct seasons, don't we? The cold winters and then the transition to a proper spring. But at the moment we're seeing springtime, late springtime temperatures. It's extraordinary. And uh, 10-day trends that Aidan recorded yesterday, that there's no real sign of anything especially cold on the horizon, even, even beyond the 10 days and looking at most of January, it, there's no strong signal at all for anything significantly cold. And certainly for the next week or so for the UK, it is mild with westerly winds. So let's go back to the heat again and let's go back to the last 12 months across the UK. Now, it's made headline news this week as well. The UK has had its warmest year on record. And that leads us nicely on to an interview that I conducted earlier today with one of our climate scientists, Dr Nikos Christides. Now, he conducted something called an attribution study. And we're going to hear from him in a moment and what his findings were. First of all, let's talk about what an attribution study is. What they basically do is they they can run the computer models both with the climate change gases, the extra CO2 and other greenhouse gases that humans have put into the atmosphere, but they can also run these computer models without those extra uh, climate change gases, those extra uh, greenhouse gases that humans have put in. And the results are really quite remarkable. So let's hear from Nikos Christides. Nikos, first of all, tell us 2022, how warm was it? In 2022, we recorded an average UK temperature of over 10 degrees Celsius for the first time in the UK, which makes 2022 UK's hottest year on record, which goes back to year 1884. What do you think tipped the temperature to exceed 10 degrees? What events through the year Mm. were mostly significant? There is variability in the climate, which may lead to very warm or very cold years. But besides variability, there is also a warming trend because of human influence on the climate. And it increases the likelihood of extremely warm years like 2022. What prompted you to conduct an attribution study on the year and how did this work? We have a system in place to look at extreme events as they happen 
and we use climate models for this purpose. We have climate model simulations with and without the effect of human influence on the climate. So by comparing extreme events, we can work out the changes in the likelihood of extreme events. So can you now explain or go through your results of this attribution study relative to the heat of 2022? So we look at the chance of exceeding 10 degrees in the UK and we found that in the natural world, if you like, without the effect of human influence, this event would have been extremely unlikely. It's something we'd expect to see happening every few hundred years. But in today's climate, it's actually quite a common event. We expect to see it happening every three to four years. And going forward by the end of the century, uh, this could be an annual occurrence. We expect to see temperatures above 10 degrees almost every year. This is not an outlier. 2022 is part of a consistent trend, would you say? We cannot, of course, rule out seeing cold years in the UK, but as the climate becomes warmer, extremely warm years will occur more and more frequently. Nikos, thank you very much. Thank you. And obviously through the year, we will be publishing mostly climate podcasts about our changing climate and the scientists here who are producing incredible papers and findings, which are just adding value to what we know already. So, Alex, who have we got doing the highs and lows this week? I think it is the gentleman known as Ollie Clayton. Here are your weather extremes for the last week of 2022. The highest temperature was recorded at Frittenden in Kent on New Year's Eve with an exceptional high of 14.8 degrees Celsius. Despite a surge in mild air across the south of the UK into 2023, Scotland remained under colder conditions. The lowest temperature was during the early hours of New Year's Day in Altnahara in Sutherland, where the mercury dipped to minus 8.6 Celsius. Rain was also a feature in last week's weather. Threve in Kirkcudbrightshire received 69.4 millimetres on Friday the 30th. Finally, the sunniest day was on Monday the 26th, when Tippin and Merefield, Norfolk, clocked 7.1 hours of sunshine. Thanks very much to Ollie Claydon. Before we go, Alex, do you have any news resolutions? I'm not a big fan of making resolutions, but I am I am trying to be more flexitarian, although I'm not a big fan of that word, but trying to eat less meat through this year. Is that just you or is it you and the kids and the wife? Or oh, I don't think I'll get the kids to join in, but yeah. Mrs. Mrs. D will be involved because I cook the dinners. Um, how about you, Claire? I'm going to try and learn something new every day. Ooh, what have you learned today? Well, that you're turning flexitarian. <laughs> so, that's it. Done. Tick. Yeah, I've been trying to learn new things. I think I think that's a good thing. Just keeping the mind fresh, particularly at my age. So, yes, every week you can test me on the seven things that I've learned from the week before. Okay, it could go on. It could get a bit boring as a strand. Let's see how it goes. Anyway, that's it from Weathersnap. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Claire Nazir. And I'm Alex Deakin. And we'll see you next week. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office. For the latest weather conditions where you are, download the Met Office weather app.